Crossroads. Good morning to you online as well. Um, I'll just say, hi, Mom. <laughs> she loves, she never misses a Sunday, so it's fun for her when I um, come to Uinta and uh, have an opportunity to share with you all. For those of you that may not know, I pastor um, the campus on 2nd Street. And so thank you. Yeah, a little shout out for 2nd Street. That's where Good Friday service will be, and we're looking forward to having you all there as well with us. So I have a question for you this morning. What makes a good friend? What equals a best friend? I googled it because I was curious to see what the web would have to say about that. And I found this, eight defining characteristics of a best friend. See if any of these resonate with you. The first one is my absolute favorite, telepathy. <laughs> your best friend has an uncanny ability to read your mind before the words pop out of your mouth. How many of you have ever experienced that little phenomenon? Honesty. That's important, right? Humor. Oh my gosh, if I can't belly laugh with my best friend, then we're done. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. I need a good belly laugh in my life. Empathy. Mm. Sometimes you just need someone to hug you and hold you. Generosity. They're not afraid of sharing with you anything that they have. Trust. You need to know that what you say is going to be safe. Encouragement. We all need a cheerleader in our lives, don't we? You can do it. You're capable of it. I believe in you. Steadfastness. I'm not going anywhere, no matter what. I decided to add on to the list. I added compassionate. Good listener. Loyal, kind, playful. This one's super important to me. Protective, adventurous, nurturing, and helpful. That one's just real practical, but we need it. And how about they never gossip about you behind your back, and they're willing to tell you the truth, even if they think it might hurt you. You see, a best friend is somebody who makes you want to be a better person. They make you feel inspired, and you inspire each other to do better. Maybe they're living their life in such a way it gives you motivation so that you genuinely admire this person and they admire you. That's what a good friend 
looks like, that's what a best friend looks like. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we just come to you this morning. We give you this time. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. God, I pray that we would just relax into your presence and allow you to speak to us in deep and profound ways. I never want to take this time for granted. I give this time to you, God. I give these words over to you. And I ask that you would just have your way this morning. This is a tender time for me, Lord. Um, so I ask for your strength and your courage and your help and comfort. In your name we pray, amen. My family moved to Utah when I was 11 years old. You think the housing market is crazy today? <laughs> the housing market was insane during that time. We were moving from Colorado, and so my parents were trying to do this long-distance move, and every time they thought we had a home, something would happen, it would fall through. Things were just insane. So we ended up in a motel for quite a while. Um, my sister and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. When I was going over my message with my kids this week, Nate's like, sweet life of Zach and Cody, anyone? Yes, it was. Yeah, we were in the swimming pool. We were doing our laundry down in the downstairs coin laundry thing. We thought it was outstanding. My parents were probably a hot mess. But I was 11. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but the thing is, God was doing what only God does, right? God was moving, God was interve intervening, and God was orchestrating the greatest housing situation that ever could have happened in my life. Because you see, he moved us next door to Kathy Robertson, or Kathy Margots at the time. Kathy Margots Margots, her parents didn't give her a middle name. So it was Kathy Margots Margots, we always laughed about that. Kathy and I quickly became best friends. Like in one second, we were best friends. We bonded in every possible way. We bonded over the group U2. And I am talking not trendy U2, I'm talking old time U2. Like we listened to all the stuff, you know, from the very beginning. And we listened to it over and over and over again. We loved the theater, and in particular, we loved West Side Story. So we made up dances and acts to it, and we, and we just loved it. We tried to figure out how to drive stick shift in chairs in the family room. And then long before we were 16, we took her brother's truck for a little spin. 
not very far. Um, to be fair, I wasn't driving at all. I was just being the encourager. <laughs> I was encouraging her and my sister. They could do it. <laughs> we went on vacation together with each other's families. We laid out and sprayed um, baby oil with iodine when it was 67 degrees out, because that's what you do in Utah. And we laid on the concrete and pretended like we weren't cold. <laughs> we tried out the same haircut and failed at it miserably, and then worked to grow our hair back out at the same time. We shared crushes. We started a horse campaign. You may wonder what that is. We lived in a neighborhood, and at the edge of the neighborhood, there were horse stables. And you see, Kathy has always been passionate about animals. They are like her all-time favorite thing. And she wanted a horse, and so therefore, my sister and I wanted a horse as well. And we figured if we went in on it together, then how could our parents say no? So we did what would be considered a PowerPoint today, but we sat the parents down and provided out all the reasons that we should have a horse and be allowed to take care of a horse, and we were shot down kindly, but we were shot down. <laughs> we perfected our fried rice recipe after school, and then we covered up the grease stain on the floor when it didn't go well. We fought off all sorts of intruders, after school, because I had a big house and there were no parents' homes, so we heard things a lot. So we used fireplace pokers and Windex and, and fought them off. We played kick the can. We practiced basketball and we talked for hours and hours and hours on the phone. Every single night, every single night. We told each other our hopes and dreams. We explained what our weddings would look like when we got older. We talked about Jesus a lot, a lot. We didn't share the exact same faith back then, but that would happen down the road. My family, we moved to Oregon, so Kathy and I, we wrote letters. What a treasure. I would never go back in time and switch to having cell phones. The amount of time Kathy and I actually spent face to face and writing and talking on the phone could never be replaced with a cell phone. We kept that relationship alive those years I lived in Oregon. And when I moved back, we reconnected and took off right where we left off. We got married, we had babies. We started jobs, we started businesses, we bought houses, we sold houses. We laughed till our stomachs ached, <laughs> and we cried till we didn't have any tears left inside of us. No one knows me like Kathy, because we have 37 years of friendship. She's seen every ugly thing, every good and beautiful thing. Those amount of years of life together, they're just crazy. But as deep as our friendship goes, 
as much as I adore her, as well as she knows me, we've missed a lot of things. You see, we dreamed and talked about weddings, but I wasn't at hers due to where I was living and life circumstances during that time. We've missed things and we've missed out. And, and not because we wanted to, but because of life. You see, we live an hour apart, and that hour can be a lot sometimes. We've gone months and months without talking before, and we've spent a lot of our adult life in different stages. I had children long before she did. And these aren't excuses, these are realities. We're people, and we're only capable of so much sometimes. But there's, there's this friendship, there's this friendship that Kathy and I both have. There's this friendship that eclipses every other relationship either of us have ever had and ever will. What if I told you that friendship is with the Holy Spirit? the third person of the Trinity, the breath and the spirit of God, who is God among us, God with us, God in us, and God through us. What if I told you that to love, to worship, and to adore the Holy Spirit is to know the very best friend we could ever have in life? We have a friend in him. You may be asking this question this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? And does he even make a difference in my life? This may be something that you have wondered and you have never fully understood. And you know what? It is okay to admit this. It is okay. The Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament and many letters to churches, so people that were following Jesus, he wrote this in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He wrote, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. Oh, catch this, everybody. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The love of God may be transforming your life in ways that continually prove to you that God is real, but what about the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit? Maybe you think, I know, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I know he descended on people during Pentecost. I know he descended on Jesus during his baptism. But intimate friendship? Am I missing something? Am I missing something essential? It is in friendship with the Holy Spirit that we begin to experience a sense of wholeness and joy unattainable through any other relationship or aspect of our lives.
A whole new wonderful transformation results when you discover the love that comes with continual real friendship with God. Oh my gosh. In friendship with God comes peace, comes security, honesty. Are you recognizing any of these traits? And freedom. As you live your life in step with the Holy Spirit, you experience what Adam and Eve experienced as they walked with God himself in the Garden of Eden. You guys, God can't get close enough to us. Isn't that beautiful? He wants to walk step by step with us. You'd get to discover the vast amount of love and affection and perfect help that's available to you in the Holy Spirit. Have you spent your life seeing the Holy Spirit as an object, like a bird or a flame or a cloud or the wind? Scripture writers have often described the Holy Spirit in these ways, but we have to be careful to not let those images cloud our view of him. You see, Jesus himself identifies the Spirit as a co-equal member of the Trinity. God is a mysterious reality, and he cannot be completely understood, but he can be known. Yeah. When we study this person, this member of the Trinity, through the pages of the Bible, we see that he has all the attributes of personhood, a mind, a will, and emotions. As Rob spoke about last week, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And God longs for friendship with his people. And through the Holy Spirit, we have a continual connection with God available to us. The Spirit desires to do life with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to love you. He wants to satisfy your longing for relationship and can do so in greater ways than you can ever imagine. Jesus says in John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. We have a friend in him. By God's grace, you have been filled with God himself. By God's grace, you have been filled with God himself. God among us, God with us, God in us, God through us. John 14, 16, 17 says, this is Jesus speaking, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. You guys, you have dwelling with you inside of you. The same spirit who authored scripture, come on, who raised Christ from the dead, 
who empowered the disciples, who hovered over the waters at the creation of all things. What? What? And the Bible says he longs to help you. Jesus calls him the helper. How incredible is the grace of our God to offer us relationship with the Holy Spirit? I hope this is blowing somebody's mind right now. How great is his love that he would send his son to die that we might have abundant life for all eternity, but including right now, today. But how? How do we grow in friendship with the Holy Spirit? How do we allow him to satisfy our desire for relationship? Let's start with, if you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, then you won't develop a personal relationship with him. A person has a personality and a soul. The Holy Spirit helps us think what God thinks, desire what God desires, and feel what God feels. Psalm 25, 14 says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. Fear of the Lord can be such a vague concept to so many of us. But the truth is, fear means fear. Fear means fear. It means what we were doing just a little while ago when we were worshiping. It means that God alone is terrifying in his glory. in his righteousness, in his judgments, and is merciful to all who call on his name. The right kind of fear, godly fear, it casts out fear. And it leads us to trust and love and friendship. And this word friendship in Psalm 25, 14, it's been translated as the word secret as well. But the sense is substantially the same. Obedience and the true fear of God lead to discernment of his purposes. I love that. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. That reminds us that there are realities as Christians that we get to experience things known by only those who have new life in the spirit of God. The Spirit of God, when we get in relationship with him, he explains things to us that it's like explaining colors to a blind man or harmony to a deaf man. It's that relationship, that intimacy. Friendship with the Holy Spirit, it starts like any other true friendship. We must respect, love, and make time for him. We must learn what he likes and dislikes. And we must apologize when we do something that hurts him. The Holy Spirit is full of grace, forgiveness, and unconditional love. 
That's the kind of friendship I long for in my life. Friendship, friendship with him comes about by following his leadership and ma making time to ask him how he feels about things and following his guidance away from a lifestyle of sin and into righteousness. John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit knows everything and lives inside of you and is committed to being your teacher. He has emotions. All the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 are aspects of the Holy Spirit's personality. Galatians 5, 13, 25, I love this. It's titled, Life by the Spirit. You, this is Paul again writing, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. An aspect of being a good friend. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not glorify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Have you ever felt that internal war happening inside of you? They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those sound like some of the qualities of a good friend. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When a believer walks in sin, it grieves the Holy Spirit because sin becomes, brings death and causes us to lose intimacy with God. You see, we have a friend in him. In John 14, 26, the message version, it says, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. The friend 
the Holy Spirit. The abundant, thriving life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10 is both initiated and sustained by the Holy Spirit. You see, there is no life in Christ apart from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the means by which we experience the power and the presence of the Father and the reality of Jesus here and now. Jesus would ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to help his disciples. And it's amazing because here we get another incredible picture of the Trinity. We get to see God the Father sends God the Holy Spirit at the request of God the Son. It's beautiful. Jesus could have left his followers anything. Anything. But he gave them something greater than any fortune, and that is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So what does it look like to have the Holy Spirit as a friend day in and day out? Well, we talked about some of the things. He leads us in truth. He's always there. He shares characteristics of what it looks like to have a good friend, honesty, humor. Yeah, he has a sense of humor, I promise. <laughs> Empathy, generosity, trust, encouragement, steadfastness. But rather than kind of go down the list like I just did, I'd rather share what that relationship, that really great friendship that Kathy and I both have with the Holy Spirit has played out like in real life. You put up the picture. Thank you. On January 4th, 2021, Kathy's husband, Sean, was killed in a tragic work accident, and he went to heaven to be with Jesus. He had been her boyfriend since she was 15 years old. People have asked me a lot, um, how's Kathy? How's Kathy doing? What's going on with Kathy? And I have to tell you, on a selfish level, I was diagnosed with COVID on December 31st. But my best friend, the Holy Spirit, alerted me right away on January 4th that something had happened. 
And I reached out to Kathy, but I couldn't go be with Kathy. I was trapped in my home, in my body, in my physical situation. And I was frustrated, and I was hurting, and I never felt a distance so real in my life. But the Holy Spirit comforted me and told me, I've got Kathy. Kathy's got me. And I have to tell you, not only do we want the Holy Spirit for ourselves, but we want the Holy Spirit in every member of our community. Not only do I want the Holy Spirit myself, but I want Suzanne to have the Holy Spirit. I want Sydney to have the Holy Spirit. I want Andrea to have the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because community, the Holy Spirit shows up in ways in community that will just blow your mind. Kathy's community has held her like this. They have loved her. They have supported her. They have shown up for her in ways that would just blow your mind. People say, I don't know how they could go through that without God. I, I will say, I don't know how people go through it without God. I don't know how they go through it without the Holy Spirit. I've never seen a reality so beautiful as my best friend being comforted by the comforter. Because you know what? I'm just a person. I can hold her. I can love her. I can call her every day. But as much as I know her after 37 years of friendship, I can't begin to know her the way the Holy Spirit does. And he has been faithful to her. And he has led her every day. We had breakfast last week, and I asked her if I could share this very tender, very personal thing today. And she said, please do. Please, please share. And we went through some hard stuff because, you guys, my best friend being widowed is really different than even my mom being widowed. It's really different. And the stuff she's having to carry is not the stuff we talked about on the phone when we were kids. But she said, Chris, yes, she calls me Chris. She said, I see something good every day. God gives me something good every day. He's given me little surprises. He's led me to little things. This person shows up with something. That person shows up with something. Someone mails her a book. Text her something. And that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is alive in all of us. 
And we don't just look at him, but we activate his power. And we walk in obedience in it. And when he nudges us, we do the thing. Because I promise you, somebody's depending on you to do the thing. What if all Kathy had was me? You know, the whole time she's been going through this, I've been like, oh, dear God, what about all the widows that don't have community? He wants to introduce us to some of those widows. He wants to bring us into family with them, you guys. He wants us to be family to the world. But it can't be on our own strength. It has to be on his. It has to be. If you want to know the Holy Spirit more, can we join together, confident that God invites us to come to him? And when we do, he will show us great and unsearchable things that we do not know. And that he is pleased, he is pleased to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. I want to encourage you to open your heart today to receive a fresh revelation of God's desire for friendship with you through the Holy Spirit. In fact, Holy Spirit, would you show us who you are? And will you show us what you want to do in our lives? You see, the Holy Spirit is waiting right now to guide you into friendship with him. He's so excited about the idea of pouring out his love and affection on you. He wants to lead you away from the sins that are hurting you and that grieve him. And he wants to lead you into a life of walking with him in relationship. I'm going to close us in prayer. And those of you that are online, if you... If you need prayer or want to pray with somebody, we're going to put a phone number up and there's pastors waiting to pray with you. But I'm going to I'm going to close us and lead us in prayer right now and I'm I'm just <laughs> I would encourage you whatever posture feels right to you this morning. This is not about trying to be super spiritual or religious. This is about, like, for me, this is about a fear of the Lord. This is about an awe of who he is. And this is about a desire to walk in everything that the Holy Spirit would have. God, we come to you and we ask that you would just fill us afresh this morning. Would you fill us to overflowing? God, we desire that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
our best friend. We desire that for ourselves, but we desire that for each other so we can be the community, the family, the church that you have called us to be. Not a church that meets in a building, but a church that is designed to love the world. And we can't do that on our own power. Only through the Holy Spirit is that possible. So fill us afresh. Fill us new. Show us what that looks like in our day-to-day lives. Not just on a Sunday, but every day. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.